Welcome to Coindesk's Women Who Web 3 podcast, your weekly podcast celebrating women supporting women, investing in women, and bridging the gender gap in wealth through Web 3. What gets you up in the morning? What motivates you and drives you? Two of the reasons that are very near and dear to my heart is that Web3 needed more women and it was just not user-friendly. Each week, we'll be learning from powerful women, sharing their insights on topics. I guess everybody was shocked that I left Amazon to go to a startup. There was an article that was published, I think it was in the New York Times, and we ended up getting, I don't know, 1,500 job applicants. And we have how-tos from founders and builders who have been there and done that. And Cam's, when we looked at them, only 2% were women. He was a huge fan of my show and he was like a little bit starstruck when he was asked to be on the show. I had this sinking feeling because I was like, oh boy, he's not going to like me after this interview because I had all of these tough questions for him. Healing sessions to give you the power to overcome imposter syndrome and everything you need to level up in your crypto journey. The soulful expression that I was seeing and how people were authentically exuding their true self. At the end of each podcast, stick around for some zen with a relaxing meditation to center you after absorbing all the stories and the knowledge. Remember, always look to the sky above, earth below, and the fire within. I'm your host, Cams, and I'm on a mission to empower women across the globe to unlock the unlimited potential and earning power inside themselves through Web3. Whether you're just crypto curious or a crypto connoisseur, this podcast is for you. Let's get it. On today's show, we're talking about talking the talk and walking the walk to empowering women and women leadership in the Web3 space, the metaverse, and beyond with the self-proclaimed execution machine, Sandy Carter. Why we have her here today is she's a woman in the Web3 space who needs no introduction She is currently the Senior Vice President and Channel Chief at Unstoppable Domains, a company that allows its users to send, receive, and store crypto and NFTs with the domain name like .blockchain, .crypto, and .nft. Sandy currently drives new partnerships and integrations for Web3 with the mission to onboard the world onto the decentralized web by building a platform for blockchain-based identities. She's admirably devoted most of her career to the education and advancement of women in tech at all stages of their lives and careers, and was named one of CNN's top 10 most powerful women in tech. Welcome, Sandy Carter. Wow, Cam, that just energized me listening to you. You are amazing. I'm so excited to be here today. Thank you so much, Sandy. You do so much. You've done so much for women in tech and especially in the STEM fields, what gets you up in the morning? What motivates you and drives you? You know, my very favorite thing, my big motivation is customer obsession. I get so energized after I talk to our customers, after I talk to our partners, really understanding how we're helping them, how we're bringing that value to them. That is so motivating to me, I have to say. In fact, I usually try to start my day, my very first meeting, with one of our great customers or our great partners to really listen to what they have to say, the value they're getting from our offerings and what else we can do to help them. That is how I really jazz up. Wow. I'm almost energized by some of the similar things. As a UX researcher, I found something so interesting about your Business Insider interview. 
In your interview with them, you shared the top five reasons why you left your executive job at Amazon to shape the future of Web3. At the time, they were like, with this unknown crypto startup. And two of the reasons that are very near and dear to my heart is that you noticed that Web3 needed more women and it was just not user-friendly. In the time that you've made this career change and this amazing shift into this new iteration of the internet, what are some opportunities or low-hanging fruit that you've found to onboard women and to make the crypto world, blockchain, NFTs more user-friendly? Yeah, well, let me first start with women. So when I first came over, I guess everybody was shocked that I left Amazon to go to a startup. And so there was an article that was published, I think it was in the New York Times, and we ended up getting, I don't know, 1,500 job applicants. When we looked at them, only 2% were women. Now that was really amazing to me because when I was at other big tech companies, I would typically get more women because of all the work I had done with women in tech and girls in tech, I would get 30 or 40%. And so I went on a mission to find out why not? What's going on? Like, is it because it's a startup? And it turned out it wasn't. It was really about lack of knowledge about what Web3 is. You know how they always say that women will look at a job rec and if they have 100% of the qualifications, they'll apply. A guy will look at the same rec and if he sees 40%, he's like, man, I'm a shoo-in for this role. And that's what we saw. In fact, in all of our job recs, like the first thing it said was, you know, knowledge or interest in Web3. And most of the women I talked to, they said, I don't really understand what Web3 is. And so on March 8th, International Women's Day, I spearheaded a group called Unstoppable Women of Web3 with that mission to educate and to train women on what Web3 is so that then they would have a choice of whether they interviewed for all these amazing roles that are out there. And so our mission was to onboard companies. I was hoping for 20 is what I was hoping for. We ended up with 70, including folks like, you know, Google Cloud and Deloitte with Janet, who's the CEO and chairman of uh, Deloitte, which amazing. She started a blockchain practice. And with all the who's who of Web3, like blockchain.com and OpenSea and Opera, and the list goes on. So not only did I discover this was kind of a missing element, But these companies committed and signed a pledge to help educate that next generation. And I will say since March, which I know is not that long, we've already educated 45,000 women. We've now started a a Web3 stream of education, blockchain, metaverse, and then more coming. We've got some announcements coming up as well as really providing that strong education as well as networking so they can get to know each other. So I would say on your first question, you know, what's the impact been since I came over and getting more women? You know, we're still not where we need to be. We still need more women in the space for sure. There's no question. But I do strongly believe that everyone needs to have an opportunity to contribute to the future of the internet. That's what we're building. And that's why I founded Unstoppable Women of Web3. Just incredible. I'm in awe. And it's just amazing that we have someone like you, a powerhouse in tech, helping women get in here. And But not only that, you, you talked about the pledge. I read about this pledge and I think it's, it feeds into you being the master of execution. There was something that you mentioned in the pledge. I wrote it out actually. 
It says when companies have more than 30% women executives, they are more likely to outperform companies that only have between 10 to 30% of women executives. So what that tells us is that women are driving profit and we need more women. And women still are experiencing making half of their counterparts in the exact same job that they're qualified for. How do we ensure female leaders and women in general don't get left behind in the Web3 space and that they are able to secure this new opportunity and wealth? Wow, that's a great question. So we are doing our part. And I know there are so many other groups out there doing their part too. I would say, you know, the number one thing is to make sure, you know, educating women and recruiting women is one thing. I think really important is also to be inclusive and inclusive means that you feel like you have a seat at the table, right? Somebody once said, you know, recruiting and diversity is like getting invited to the dance, but inclusion is being asked to dance. So that you're part of what's happening. You're not sitting on the sideline. You're not watching others doing it. You're participating in it. And I think right now, Cam, this is so important because I love to say that in Web3, we're at the dial-up phase, right? We're just getting started. We're just getting started. Now is when all that innovation has to occur. So can you imagine innovating with only half of the workforce represented? It's not, it's not right. You need the rest of the workforce to participate in order to get those diverse ideas. And for me, it is a business case. You know, it's not just about the right thing to do or a socially good thing to do or something I can tweet about and then kind of walk away. It really is about making your business stronger because you're going to be able to innovate. And, you know, some of the numbers that were in the pledge, there are so many numbers, like there's enough data to prove that, you know, from McKinsey, from Deloitte, from IDC, there's enough numbers that show when you have a diverse team, when you have diverse leaders, you have stronger innovation, you have better entry into new markets, you come up with new ideas that people love because you're seeing yourself in the company. And that I think is what's really, really important is making Web3 not only accessible to all, but creative, built by all. And there's such an opportunity with Web3 with the focus on creators and tech, everything coming together. Yes, I agree. Especially with you saying seeing yourself, representation. We see more women of color, for example. We'll we'll have more women of color. You see more women, we'll have more women. There's so many things I want to unpack there. But before we go any further, this podcast also has the mission of onboarding more women into the Web3 space. You've probably answered this a million times, but please educate our users, our listeners. What is Web3? (laughs) Yeah. So Web3, my simple definition of Web3 is that Web3 is an open movement. And I'm I'm calling it a movement today because it's not just about tech. There are elements of community in there, as well as technology, creators, new economies. So it's an open movement to decentralize the internet so that the internet's not controlled just by a few people. And it's really built on an essential premise that people need to own their own data and their own identity, not a company, not an entity, not a country, but that people own their own data and their own identity. Um, And for me, that's what Web3 is all about. That movement to decentralize the internet 
that really then delivers on the promise of data being owned by you. And the reason that's so important. So let's think about, let's break that apart, unpack it for a second. So think about the world today. You sign into Google with your, your user ID and your password, you sign into Instagram, you sign into Twitter and for the privilege or the convenience of using that application, they collect data on you. In fact, the latest study said that Google and Facebook alone, just those two companies alone, um, made $100 billion, $100 billion by selling our data. So now imagine a world that is Web3 and you have your digital identity and you use that same identity that you own to log into you know, a finance application, a game, a metaverse. So you're not logging in separately. Therefore, the data travels with you, travels with you through the metaverse. And now you decide who gets that data, when they get it, how much data they get. For me, that's such a refreshing view of the internet. And it's almost taking us back to the future with some of the promises that Web 1 had, which was a decentralized view. Web 2 came and really centralized everything. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And I really appreciate you unpacking. I want to get a tiny bit more granular, this notion of being decentralized. I saw something somewhere. I heard some of your words saying, you know, we're mostly decentralized. How do we get to be decentralized? I do think that it's going to come over time. You know, truth and advertising, most Web3 companies today are built on Web2 technologies in some form or fashion. So let's take the cloud. I came from Amazon Web Services or Google Cloud. Most companies today in the Web3 space are built on that technology. It won't stay that way. Over time, we see now decentralized storage companies popping up. More use of the way that you store the data like blockchain, right? Blockchain is that foundational technology that gives you trusted, private, secure exchange. So we're getting there. And you remember, it took a long time. People forget it took a long time for Web 2, right? I don't know if you remember, but when I first went onto a website on, on Web 2, I typed in like 149.86. I didn't even have a name then. It was like a, a set of letters or numbers that I used. And so we've come a long way. And so we were like, okay, why isn't Web 3 here today? Well, we're just starting with Web 3. So I would call us today, we're like maybe 2.5, we're hybrid. Um, but we are going to get there. And I think the most essential elements that you see today are decentralized use of blockchain, storage of the data, the way that you get that information. So I hope that didn't go too technical, but I, I hope that answered the question. No, it does. And it really opens another box to more questions for me. Something that I wanted to understand, especially with your experience in the blockchain space, Earlier, I had mentioned one of the reasons that I, I loved that you left to go to the crypto space and start this startup was you noticed that it was just not user-friendly. Mm. And I, I mentioned I'm a UX researcher at an, a blockchain infrastructure company, and my job is to humanize blockchain access. In the time that you've been in this space, have you identified low-hanging fruit that we can address to lower the barrier to entry to Web3 or to make blockchain more human? Yeah. So the one I'm most excited about, you know, I work for Unstoppable, Unstoppable Domains. And one of our missions is to make the experience easier. 
And so instead of typing in, if you know that crypto address, that's a bunch of letters and numbers, and it's really hard. And in fact, people mistakenly put a letter or character out of place and they send money to the wrong place. One of the ways that we've made that easier is we now have a human uh, name that you can use in place of that long stream of characters and numbers. So for example, sandy.nft or sandy.blockchain or you know, you could have cam.x, which all the you know, celebrities are going after today. So instead of typing in that long series of letters and numbers, now you can just use you know, a, an in-person name, which is really readily accessible. I think that's kind of step one. That's kind of the gateway to Web3. I do feel, you know, I was just talking to a whole group of startups yesterday. You know, they were asking me, what, what new company should we start? And I said, it's got to be user interface. You got to, it's got to be something on the user experience, how that is done today. So I'll, I'll just give you an example. Part of the way that we're tackling that today is with education. For example, I just did a class to a group of chief data officers. They wanted to get their domain, get a wallet, get set up, put you know crypto in the wallet. So I prepared a class like you know step one, step two, step three, step four, so that we could really make it easier. But wouldn't it be cool now that I've got that laid out, like that we could push a button and you could just do all steps one through 10, right? That would be really cool. And so I think as we break this apart and find ways that we can educate, then I think that almost becomes, and you're the expert here in user interface, but that almost becomes a guide for that user experience to really do, you know, self-minting or self-creation of a wallet. And we're already seeing companies pop up to try to address that problem. It is the only way that this is going to reach mainstream adoption. I'm trying to be an expert, a thought leader in UX research and understanding users in the blockchain space. You mentioned at Consensus, actually, and it was one of my favorite quotes. And Consensus, for everybody who's listening, is one of the largest crypto festivals sponsored by Coindesk. You said users will shift to thinking of their hashtag NFT domain as a username instead of their wallet address, which is what you just fleshed out for us. Why should women have a blockchain-based identity? What are the benefits? Yeah, so the benefits are so many. You know, if you're thinking about your identity, you need to own your identity. I view that as a, as a human right, essentially. And why is it important? Well, that identity stores all information about you. So I like to consider it like, you know, my purse, my wallet. Inside my purse, I have all kinds of information about myself. Well, that's what your digital identity has. Your digital identity can store your social profile in it. It can store badges or certifications for classes that you may have taken. It can store in there that I'm a human so that I can prove that I'm not a bot that's out there on the internet. And given that I can store all of that in my digital identity, now I can also have a permission-based way to decide who I share data with. So maybe I don't want to share my email with someone, or maybe I don't want to share my address or my social media profile with someone for whatever reason. In the future, if we have healthcare data stored there, Maybe I don't want to give my blood pressure to my favorite store, but I definitely want to give that to my doctor. And so it's really all about choices, right? Who owns that data? And is that important? I view it as being really important. I view it as being very valuable to own your data and know the value of that data. 
And I also view it in some cases as being life-changing. So for example, Cam, I was just up in New York for NFT NYC, another really powerful crypto conference. And we had a whole set of startups that were there in the healthcare space. And they told me that most misdiagnoses occur because the doctor doesn't get all the information about you, right? Um, You know, some tests are done here, some are done here, some are done here. You may try to get them all to the doctor, but he or she maybe doesn't always get them. And they were telling me that all these misdiagnoses occur because of that. So imagine owning your digital identity and being able to share that data with your doctor. I mean, that for me is life-changing. It may make the difference in someone diagnosing my illness correctly or not correctly. So for me, I think that this makes a lot of sense and it's such a powerful and basic thing, right? Who owns your, your data? It can be as simple as, you know, the other day I was talking to my husband in the car Uh, We were preparing to go to a party, a Texas party, because we both lived in Texas. We're in California right now. And we were chatting about what we should wear to the party. They wanted us to dress up. I get home and my Facebook ads are all boots and uh, yeah, and and, uh, cowboy hats and fringe clothes. So that's kind of like a funny story. But I do have another friend whose son just got diagnosed with an illness He went out and started searching about it because he wanted to really learn about it. And now all of a sudden he's getting Facebook ads about that illness. He also got a note from his insurance company. He hasn't, he hasn't really told him about it yet about that particular illness. And so, you know, that's a serious thing, right? When you don't own your data, when you don't decide who gets it, how much they get and when they get it, that can really impact you as a human. Wow. Just, there's a lot to think about there. Not only are the benefits just powerful for human rights, it's choice is everything. And we know this, especially in today's climate with a lot of the recent changes to our legal rights as women. Wow. Thank you for sharing all of those benefits. (laughs) You heard it here from Sandy Carter herself, unstoppable woman. Join me at Coindesk Consensus 2023, where Web3 meets IRL happening April 26th through 28th in Austin, Texas. Consensus is the industry's only event bringing together all sides of crypto, Web3, and the metaverse. Immerse yourself in all that blockchain technology has to offer among creators, builders, founders, brands, entrepreneurs, investors, and more. Use code WEB3WOMEN to get 15% off your pass. Visit events.coindesk.com slash consensus2023. I wanted to just tell all of our listeners who are here, you're listening to Women Who Web 3 by Coindesk. I'm your host, Cams, and we are talking with Sandy Carter, Senior Vice President and Channel Chief at Unstoppable Domains, international speaker and execution machine. Just to close, Sandy, gosh, you shared so many benefits of women getting into the Web 3 space, taking hold of identity, choice being able to increase our wealth, our prosperity, helping other women, uh, decreasing gender pay, uh, the gender gap in wealth in general, uh, so many different things, and also making our world a lot more inclusive, especially the next iteration of the internet, which touches millions, billions of lives. We want women to be a part of this. The last thing I want to sort of close on is to understand from you 
What do you say to women leaders and builders who are struggling not only to onboard women, but just to get off the ground and to really come into their own and and take up space in the Web3 space? I love that. Take up space. Have a voice, right? Have a voice. I would say, first of all, a lot of people say to me, it's too late. I missed it. And I say, no, we're just starting. Come now. Like, come now. Now is when you're going to have the biggest impact. The second thing that I tell women is that, you know, you can learn about Web 2 and cloud from a book, from a class. But with Web 3, you really have to experience it. You got to get your hands in there. You got you to gotta get dirty, right? So I'll give you a couple of examples. So I'm an um, adjunct professor at Carnegie Mellon, and I was going to teach a class in the metaverse. And one of my colleagues wanted to come and listen to the class. So I helped him get his avatar, which was quite interesting, watching him try to build his avatar and understand his avatar, get to a certain set of coordinates by a certain time. But then when the lecture came, he ended up on the ceiling, like he couldn't get his avatar off the ceiling. So the entire lecture I was doing, he was stuck on the ceiling. He was DMing me the whole time. Of course, I'm speaking, so I can't help him. But he learned so much from that experience. Like you, you won't know that you could get stuck on the ceiling unless you get in there, build an avatar, try it out. Right. And so for me, it's really important that you, you know, go out there, you get a wallet. I'm not giving you investment advice, but, you know, put some ETH in just to play with, buy an NFT to play with, to understand what it is, because there is this whole creator economy out there that's different. There's this whole network consumption model that's out there. And I think you really have to experience it to know it. And then if you are a senior woman, I would consider getting into this space to be a great example. You could be anyone really, because I think, you know, my favorite quote is you have to see it to be it. So we're putting an emphasis on women in Web3 for the Latino community. We've partnered up with Black women who blockchain. So this is about diversity of all types that we need, right? So that we can hear the voices, that you can be heard, and that you can have an impact on what that internet looks like. If you just think about the internet today and how many times you use the internet, how many times companies use the internet, and you're talking about the next generation of it. You, you don't want to be left behind. You want to be part of it. So make sure you do a side project, get started, you know, reach out to me. If you're a company, I'd love for you guys to join Unstoppable Women of Web3. I know Coindesk did, and we so appreciated uh, your support down in Austin, Texas at Consensus. Um, we had a blowout in-person event. They're connecting more and more women together. So, you know, if you are out there and you're thinking about it, get involved personally, get involved with your company, experiment. That's the way you learn. That's the way you innovate and ask for help. I'm here. Cam, I'm sure they can reach out to you with your expertise. Coindesk does amazing articles. So the resources are there. Just take a little bit of time and get started. Thank you, Sandy. We have a tiny bit more time. So I want to squeeze in one last question with you. But yes, thank you so much for offering your help, your support. As a Black and Filipino woman myself, raised by a Filipino mom from the Philippines, <laughs> I come with my own set of cultural values. With those values, we're taught, you know, it's not, it's not a, amazing to make a bunch of money. You'd make money to send ho- money home to your family, but not to thrive and to succeed and to keep going for more and more. I have a lot of ideas, whether it's in your career or your community, what are the steps that you take to execute on an idea? To execute on an idea. Well, so first what I typically do is, 
So you have to come up with the idea. So if you have the idea, that's awesome. Look for gaps and wherever, you know, there's so many gaps in web three today. So you could fill in lots of different holes. Secondly, I like to test the idea out. I learned this really strongly at Amazon Web Services, right? If you, if you want to take someone out, you think you have a great idea, don't go out to the world, test it with three or four core customers or three or four core communities, test it out, you know, tweak it, pivot it, make sure it's right, and then go big, you know, so come up with a great idea, test it out. Once you test to tweak, you got it made, then go big, go big or go home. Yes. I love that model. I go by that as well. (laughs) You heard it from Sandy, everyone. When you have an idea, just know that your idea is worth fleshing out. Your voice is worth being heard. Take that idea, test it and go big or go home, as Sandy said. That's incredible. (laughs) Thank you so much, Sandy. And again, you have these women on this podcast. You have female-led NFT communities. Uh, Sandy is on one, as I had mentioned earlier, on the NFT community BFF and the Belonging and Mattering Council. There's so many women out there who believe in you, and I hope you take that big step. Thank you so much, Sandy. I would love to invite you to share any social media that you'd like everybody to follow, a website that you want people to, to Google and to follow as well. Yeah, so I'll start with my company. Our Twitter handle is Unstoppable Web. Uh, you can also find it by stop, by typing in Unstoppable Domains. We also have Unstoppable Wow 3, which is Women of Web 3. We would love for you guys to, to follow us. And my personal handle is Sandy underscore Carter. And on Instagram, I'm Sandy underscore Carter founder, because when I created it, I was a founder of a startup. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast. And let me say that you are you know, really living up to the quote, if you can see it, you can be it. You're setting such a great example, so much energy, bringing such great guests. And even my computer agrees with that on the show. (laughs) So thank you so much for dedicating your energy and your power to help the next generation. Thank you so much, Sandy. That's so inspirational. And something that I put together for you, everybody knows who listens to this show, We do a meditation for five minutes at the end. So I'd love to close with the meditation that is focused on productivity in honor of you, the execution machine. Uh, Just to start out with everybody who's listening, I invite you to get comfortable and sit or lay in a relaxed position. So one of my favorite meditation apps, Headspace, shared a bunch of studies that show that meditation inspires beneficial structural changes in areas of the brain that are responsible for cognitive and emotional processing. These changes result in cortical thickness or more gray matter and are associated with improved working memory and skilled executive decision-making. Through meditation, we can also deepen our concentration skills and increase focus, helping us become more productive. So I hope this brings some more productivity to you. Take some time to settle in comfortable as I mentioned earlier sit or lay in a relaxed position let's start with some nice deep breaths inhaling through your nose and exhaling through your mouth take a couple more and if you're in a safe space where you can gently close your eyes do so or set your gaze on something in front of you Notice any tension in your body, 
and use your breath to help the rest of your body relax. Through our breathing, we're going to scan the body starting at the crown of the head and moving slowly down. With your inhale, scan, and with your exhale, release any tension you find and relax that part of the body. The forehead, the eyebrows relax. Let the jaw relax and the tongue soften. Release your shoulders down your back and let your arms and hands feel heavy. The belly relaxes, your hips relax and sink heavier beneath you. Exhale and feel your back and legs melt in the surface below you. And finally, your whole body melts away as your feet and toes relax. If you notice any thoughts sneaking in to distract you, I invite you to count your breaths. When you focus the brain on something, a task, like focusing on work or something, or reading your slacks, we're able to focus and concentrate and really get what we need done, done. So as you inhale and you exhale, count one. On the next count, two. If you lose track, you can start over. Anytime you feel you need your brain decluttered, or there's just too much going on, too much stimuli, too much time staring at the screen, you can always take this moment to sit, lie, close the eyes, and take a couple deep breaths in through the nose and out through the mouth. Merely just taking this time to focus on your breath, counting the breaths, will help you tackle your next task with more clarity, more focus, more concentration. I'm going to teach you one breathing technique before we close out our practice. Take control of the breath and inhale through the nose for five counts. Hold the breath at the top for two and you're going to exhale through your mouth for seven counts. I'll count with you the first couple times. Inhale, four, three, two, one. Hold for two. Exhale, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'll count with you one more time. Inhale through the nose for five. Four, three, two, one. Hold at the top for two. Exhale. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. Good. Look at you meditating for productivity. In everything that you do, you can always take the time to breathe, come back to it, find yourself, declutter and get back to work. The best thing you can do is to get out of your own way. And when you fall nine times, get up 10, get back to it. If you are closing your eyes, gently flutter the eyes open. Let's come back to this space, wiggle the fingers and toes. If you were laying down, slowly get up, 
making sure your head is last to get up. We'll take one last breath together to close out our practice. And I hope that you challenge yourself to meditate when you feel just overwhelmed and can't focus so that you may return to a space of productivity. Thank you so much for joining everyone. (laughs) I want to thank everyone for listening to Women Who Web 3. You can find us on the Coindesk Podcast Network or anywhere you listen to podcasts. I'm your host, Cams. Thank you for taking that step and changing the world together. Till next week, remember, always look to the sky above, earth below, and the fire within. You've been listening to Women Who Web 3 with host Kamala Ancantara. This show has been produced and edited by Michelle Mousseau. Executive producer is Jared Schwartz. Our theme song is 20-something by Danielle Musto. Other tunes used are Plizzy and The Sky Open to Receive. Cams would love to hear from you. You can reach out to her at Cams, K-A-M-Z, at womenwhoweb3.com or podcasts at coindesk.com, subject line, Women Who Web 3. Thanks for listening.